This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather round the fire. There are stories to be told and you are among friends. Finally, a break from this heat we've had up here in uh, the greater Toronto area. It was relatively cool outside today. I hope you had an opportunity to uh, to get out and enjoy it. I, I think we must have had something like 10 straight days. Don't quote me on this. I'm thinking it felt like about 10 straight days of temperatures in the high 30s. 30s. That's Celsius. Uh, so for our American listeners, double it and add 32. Now, if you live in, in Houston or Phoenix, you're laughing. You're saying, well, that's that's not a big deal. You get uh, temperatures 120, 130 sometimes down there. But that's that's pretty warm for Canada. And uh, But it's July. That's the way it ought to be, right? Uh, these are the summers I remember as a child, blistering hot days. And I, I'll tell you, I don't complain much. I'll take the heat. After all, uh, it won't last long. And in five months, I'll be shoveling the snow in the driveway. Uh, Basically, we get three seasons here in Ontario. Six months of snow, three months of real lousy skating, and three months of construction. And that's uh, that's about it. Uh, Open lines this hour. Open lines. And uh, here are the numbers. 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area. Again, 416-360-0740. And toll free from out of town, 1-866-740-4740. Again, toll free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. Carlos Kajina is my technical producer and Ryan White, my live stream producer. Ryan is off tonight. He's uh, enjoying a weekend up in cottage country. So there is no live stream tonight. No live stream. However, the live stream returns next week on uh, my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Incidentally, speaking of next week, I'm excited about this one, folks. Jonathan Kahn will return to the program for the full two hours. At least I think he's on for two hours. I'm going to double check to make sure he knows he's in from pillar to post. But uh, Jonathan 
has a new book out this fall. It's called The Harbinger 2. So uh, I don't know if you remember The Harbinger, New York Times bestseller. This is uh, more mind-blowing prophecies from the Bible. And I have to say, of course, I love and I value all of my guests who come on this show. But truth be told, Jonathan holds a special uh, place in my heart. He is honestly one of the, the absolute favorite people uh, that I speak to, one of my favorite people to speak to. All right. Uh, coming up in the second hour, paranormal researcher, author, lecturer, international television personality. In fact, I think he's shooting a TV show right now. Uh, Joshua P. Warren will be here from Lost Wages, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, to discuss the possibility we are surrounded by invisible beings, invisible worlds, invisible technology, whether we're talking military, ETs, cryptids, ghosts, you name it. Uh, and uh, he'll also discuss some of his own experiments creating invisibility. If you've not heard uh, Joshua before, you really ought to stay tuned. He's he's not your typical ghost hunter or uh, paranormal investigator. Uh, Joshua is one of these kind of boots on the ground rolls up his sleeves, he's, he gets into his lab, he's got a laboratory, and uh, he experiments. Very, very innovative gentleman, uh, Joshua P. Warren is. Nobody like him. So he's uh, in the second hour. So this hour, it's just you, me, and the telephone. Open lines, again, 416-360-0740. You know the drill. We talk about conspiracies. We talk about the paranormal. Um, and, uh, the other night on the, on coast to coast, I mentioned that it was this month, July, I think it was July 21. I'll have to check, but July in 1874, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone in my hometown of Brantford, Ontario. So this hour open lines brought to you by Alex. I wonder if he ever imagined his device, his wonderful device would be used in this way. I, <laughs> I think he'd approve. Uh, so uh, let's see where to begin. Do we? I think we might have someone on the phone. Why don't we just dip right into the phone calls and get going? Sharon is checking in from Toronto. Hello, Sharon. Welcome. Hi. How are you doing tonight? All things considered, pretty well. Yourself? Well, it could be worse, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. That, we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. Sharon. I know. Um, yeah, I'm calling uh, because I've been. I'm a, I'm a Bible Christian, um, so I go by the Bible as much as I can. And the things I see are about Donald Trump, and I truly believe with everything I have that he is a sent antichrist. Maybe not the big one, but he is sent here um, to destroy, and that's what Satan does. That's what Satan wants. He wants all human beings to be destroyed because they are so precious to God. This is his revenge. Now, And uh, <laughs> based on your biblical knowledge, why do you, why do you think it's Donald Trump? Uh, I mean, do the numbers add up to 666? Uh, what leads you to believe that he is the Antichrist? Okay, um, it has nothing to do with 666. Uh, but it does have to do with who he is. No empathy, no love, no caring, 
I mean, he put these kids a few years back in a cage. We don't know where they are now. Well, wait, 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 wait. That's not true. All right. Okay. First of all, those cages, those photographs were from the Obama administration. That's entirely uh, disproven. Those okay. cages came about during the Obama administration. And there's a perfectly rational explanation for those cages. First of all, when someone crosses the border illegally, that's a criminal activity. What happens when someone breaks the law? All right. They are incarcerated. They are separated from their children. Now, in many cases, we have children coming up that are being used by these coyotes, these human traffickers. And what they will do is they will take children. They're not their children. So they'll cross the border and claim that they're children in order to get across the border. They're, they're using these children. So it's perfectly reasonable to separate and place these children in a secure location. That's the rationale. I know we see a lot of images, children, you know, in these cages, and, and it can be a little bit jarring. But you know what, how these children are cared for? They are taken out on field trips. They're given free education. They're given medicine. They are cared for like they've never been cared for before. So I have to disabuse you of, of that, first of all. The idea that Trump is responsible for throwing children in cages, simply not true. However, okay. I'm willing to listen further. Go ahead. What we see on TV, again, I guess the media, is these poor little kids in these cages with not a bed to sleep in, nothing. And they say no showers, no nothing like that. You know, so this is where we get our ideas. Well, those ideas are, I would have to stress... Uh, distorted and those images are being manipulated and used and by and large not true now those those facilities are overrun this is true and you know obviously we have to be compassionate but remember when someone crosses the border illegally that's a criminal activity we have to so in many cases we have to figure out do these children belong to these adults or are they being used? You know that the statistics on the number, the, the, the carnage and the, the sexual abuse that goes on uh, with these children that are sent to cross the border. Uh, it's, and, and, they, and, and the reason that it, this is taking place is because there is – now we're starting to see fencing going up, about 250 miles of fencing. But it's, they're being encouraged. There's no disincentive not to try. So – once there is a border there, a secure border, hopefully that will discourage people from trying to cross the border illegally. Right. They have, this has to be dealt with. Now, I know that the image of putting a child behind uh, a wire fence can be a little jarring. But remember where they've come from. They have been on a journey, hundreds of miles. They may have been abused. They may have been sexually abused. The people that they claiming that their parents may not be their parents. So for their own protection, this has to be done. And those facilities, by and large, are clean and they're comfortable and the children are well-treated, full stop. Uh, Sharon, I want to thank you for your call. But um, nothing there convinces me that President Trump is uh, the aforementioned Antichrist. Remember, the Antichrist has to convince all of the world's religions that he is their Messiah. So he has to convince 
Jews that he is the Messiah. He has to convince Christians he's the second coming uh, of Jesus Christ. He has to convince Muslims that he is, now is it the 11th or the 12th imam? Forgive me. I'm a little uh, fuzzy on that one. It's either the 11th or 12th imam. Uh, he has to convince Buddhists that he is, uh, is it the compassionate Buddha that is supposed to come back? He has to convince all of these disparate groups that he's the one. Do you really think Donald Trump is that person? Doesn't make sense to me, but uh, always up for a good argument or a good discussion. Sharon, thank you for calling. I hope you'll call again. 416-360-0740 and toll free from out of town, 1-866-744-740. Have you been following this wild story on social media about Wayfair and uh, the online, this is the online furniture store, being accused of being complicit in human trafficking. Uh, In this story, I believe it first surfaced on social media, on Reddit. Someone pieced together, they noticed something more than a little odd with the price point on some of Wayfair's items. And um, after Wayfair, the, way, the Internet is now accusing Amazon of trafficking children in the guise of overpriced items listed on their website. The global e-commerce giant, they sparked a series of claims and conspiracy theories after a, appearing uh, that the children may have been they're, they're being uh, sold. They're being named in extremely overpriced household items such as pillows and fixtures. So uh, this this Wayfair and I'm not saying that this is true. I'm saying this is what's out there. Uh, and it's it's quite interesting. I mean, I, obviously, I can't verify, you know, that this is this is happening, except there are some odd things happening. So the Wayfair child trafficking scandal theory, it gained traction again after Reddit shared screenshots of these the prices on some of their goods, such as curtains and cabinets and pillows. And they were charging like. $12,000 for a cabinet, $1,600 or more for a pillow. And then the names of the items were linked to children who went missing or who have gone missing. I mean, it's, it's, it's totally bizarre. Um, observers accuse Wayfair of kidnapping and selling children under the guise of the, these heavily priced products which, of course, wouldn't be purchased by everyday shoppers unless someone knew exactly what the retailer was selling. And uh, so to respond, Wayfair, this American furniture retailer, they had to issue a statement denying the allegation. And then they took down some of these controversial listings. And there were screenshots. I mean, there were cabinets being sold for for this ridiculous amount of money, $12,000. And again, some of the names were linked to names of missing children. And uh, the um, the retailer, of course, saying no truth to these claims. The products in question are industrial grade cabinets that are accurately priced, they claimed. Recognizing the photos and descriptions provided by the supplier didn't adequately explain the high price point. We have temporarily removed the products from the site to rename them and provide a more in-depth description and photos that accurately depict the product to declare to uh, clarify the price point. It's kind of a strange explanation. They're saying that the prices were accurate, that these were industrial grade cabinets, giant grade cabinets. 
Uh, and then they said, but we took them down to rename them. That said, both uh, Amazon and Wayfair in the same boat facing allegations of trafficking after people began noticing an apparent pattern on their platforms selling a wide variety of products at exorbitant rates. Amazon, currently the, uh, the largest e-commerce player in the world, accused of using its platform as a front for human trafficking. Area rugs or carpets are allegedly being sold for $21,000, pillows for $10,000, uh, a drawer table, like a bureau, I guess, 16000 again, thereby raising suspicions among many conspiracy theorists. Uh, nonetheless, Twitter has uh, been taken by storm after these allegations surfaced. People saying it's time to boycott. So anyway, this is what's out there. I'm just reporting what's out there. So again, these allegations stemming from the fact that Amazon Wayfair selling normal products that shouldn't cost thousands of dollars as they're listed for. Uh, and the claims made by the social media users really yet to be presented with evidence outside of these screenshots of the company's high-priced items with human names. That's the, um, the odd thing. These, these products have human names and in, in, as far as I can tell, in many of these cases, these names are the names also of missing children. Amazon is, uh, has yet to comment. So, one, why are these products names, just like the missing children's names? Why would the exact same generic cabinet be listed at such a, a high price so many different times, each time featuring a different girl's name in the title? Why are the cabinets not on the front end of the site. There's a, a video posted by one Twitter user showing how certain cabinets can be found in Google image searches, but not in the actual Wayfair, Wayfair website. How come this, how can this be? Wayfair tried to uh, delete them or correct them. However, deleting it def definitely made it seem worse. So some examples, a, uh, an, an outdoor umbrella, $16,699. A metal and glass chandelier, thirteen thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. A wall-mounted space heater, three thousand five hundred and forty-four ninety-nine. A beanbag replacement fill. Oh, the price here is cut off, but it was some exorbitant amount for beanbag replacement fill. So, I mean, let's be honest here. It seems rather implausible that Wayfair. And for the record, I purchased uh, desks and benches. I've, I've, I bought a lot of stuff from Wayfair. Great customer service, I'll have to say. But it seems implausible that Wayfair is somehow involved in child trafficking. I mean, they sell flat pack furniture, right? You have to assemble it. There's no way a human being is being shipped via Wayfair unnoticed. But based on what I've been reading on social media and elsewhere, people have been coming forward with some explanations. What seems possible is... And I, again, I can't verify this. I don't know exactly how it works at Wayfair. But you could imagine a situation where traffickers, human traffickers, are themselves setting themselves up as furniture manufacturers, quote, unquote. And then they put these listings on Wayfair.com as a way of laundering their money. So some sicko pays Wayfair for a child. They get a closet that costs $16,000 via the, you know, the usual methods. And then the transaction involving the child is done privately and separately. I've been told that 
this is a, a well-established way for criminals to do business. Like so uh, I've been told drug dealers allegedly have, have used eBay in this way. So you pay for one thing and get it as cover for the transaction for what you're really paying for is something else. So either way, this this human trafficking issue and child sex rings, it's it's really starting to heat up. It's starting to gain more traction, which is a good thing because it, it's happening. It goes on. We need to, to, to be talking about this. So the fact is, that maybe they have it, it, it wrong in this case, maybe Wayfair is not at the center of this or being used un, unknowingly, unwittingly, which would seem more likely. The point is, we're talking about it, we're hyper-focused on it, because it is real. As, as hard as this is to imagine, this is happening. Slavery is real. It's happening around the world. Obviously, you know, right now, the last several months here, we've been focused on slavery in the United States that ended in 1865. Meanwhile, we tend to forget that slavery is happening in places like Pakistan and Sub-Saharan Africa, Libya, open slave markets in Libya right now as I speak. And human sex slaves, some of them children being trafficked, perhaps right under our noses. And, and quite honestly, the media, the mainstream media has always been way behind the curve on this. Why? Well, you can come to your own conclusions. The BBC, they covered up for that monster, Jimmy Savile. The media ignored Jeffrey Epstein until they couldn't anymore. And, and the MSM, they love to bring up the Pizzagate story as an example of another stupid conspiracy theory, right? Except the location, the actual pizza shop in question may not have been at the center of a child sex ring. Although, for those of you who remember that story at the, the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in D.C., some pretty strange, disturbing things going on there, disturbing images on murals, on walls. Uh, anyway, I, I got to take a break. We'll uh, come back and pick up on this point, take more of your calls. Open lines on The Conspiracy Show back with more in a moment. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Open lines this hour, 416-360-0740. That's in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, and toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. I was talking about this uh, bizarre story that surfaced on social media about Wayfair, possibly being at the center of this disturbing child uh, trafficking, child sex ring, uh, and so forth. And uh, as I said earlier, I I mean, that doesn't seem plausible to me. You know, you can't conceal a child uh, unknown, you know, and ship them in in a, it's, it's flat pack furniture, right? You have to assemble it. That doesn't seem plausible. But a number of, of people have pointed out that sometimes uh, these uh, legitimate businesses are used unwittingly or unknowingly on their part, but some nefarious uh, sinister party uses that company, whether it's a Wayfair or an Amazon, I'm not saying it's happening, but uh, for instance, uh, 
they use them basically to launder the money. So for the sicko that that uh, wants to buy a child is and uh, you know just saying that just sickens me. Uh, but uh, let's face it, this is our our sick evil world. This is happening right now as we speak. Uh, so that they use a Wayfair or an Amazon to launder the money. So the the, the person that wants to buy the child pays sixteen thousand dollars for a cabinet. Yes, they get the cabinet, but then meanwhile, in a separate and private transaction, they receive the child from another party. So, um, and these again, these nefarious uh, purveyors of uh, this are are setting up a manufacturing company that's their front right and then i guess they sell it through wayfair but i'm not even sure if it works that way i don't know if wayfair deals with other manufacturers i don't know so anyway that's the story it's out there but i was also talking about the fact that this is going on i mentioned the comet ping pong pizzeria in dc pizzagate right that was roundly dismissed and the, the mainstream media loved to jump on and say ah what a bunch of malarkey you see they're all crazy no the narrative is correct. This is going on right under our nose. And so maybe Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in D.C. was not involved. Although, as I mentioned before the break, very disturbing, unusual murals in that building. A lot of interesting, not interesting, disturbing visuals that were associated with that particular uh, pizzeria I've read and I'm, I've been told. Maybe they were not involved. But the narrative is right. The point is, this: there is a child sex ring. It's going under our noses. It involves people with incredible power, influence, probably involves names of people we know and maybe even admire. Maybe that, maybe individuals that are beloved. And of course, I guarantee the mainstream media will be the last to know, or not necessarily the last to know, the last to report it. Only after they have no choice. And again, why? Why indeed? Keep asking that question. Hold on to that question. So again, Wayfair may not be uh, at the center of this human traffic and childering. I doubt that they are. Maybe they're being used unwittingly. We'll see. But the story is out there. Uh, let's say hi to Melanie in Toronto. Melanie, good evening. Hi, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on, on Trump. Now, has anybody ever in investigated or researched uh, Melania Trump, which is my name, actually, but I had it first. Uh, it was never a popular name when I came to Canada. But um, her father uh, was, I believe, in the Communist Party. And uh, how did he ever own a car dealership during the Communist era and do so well? I know that Western parts of the Communist system did a little bit better. But we should look into that a little bit because I believe that they've got something on that family where he's trying to make Putin happy. So also, but for, for me... Wait a minute. How do, how do we go from the former Yugoslavia to making Putin happy? Well, I mean, she's not Russian. Know. We don't she is, know if uh, she's Slovenian. She's Slovenian. Connected to to the communist system that existed at the time and and well, made their money. You can't, because because before the before the fall of the Iron Curtain, uh, I mean, all of those countries were communist in order to, and that was under Tito. Now Tito ran things a little bit differently. 
than they did in the Soviet well, Union. He was kind Slovenia. of fiercely independent. Yeah, but uh, so comparing communist Slovenia or or um, I'm not sure if it's Slovenia. Forgive me. I'm not sure yeah, which Slovenia. former Soviet or Yugoslavian Republic. But that's that's apples and oranges. You can't compare Tito's Yugoslavia. Well. Uh, with, I know, with but the Richard, Soviet ask yourself a question. I looked up right. from where I'm originally from. I'm Ukrainian. And mm. they've got seven billionaires, seven. And we have tons of them in Russia, uh, proper Russia now. And we have billionaires. You ask yourself, if everybody was equal under the communist system, and everybody was allotted a certain amount of money and uh, kobasa and some horyuka, which is vodka, you know, mm-hmm. how did they become super billionaires while people in Russia and in Ukraine who are seniors can't even buy their food or their medication. Well, of course, but that's the whole point. That's the whole point, that communism and socialism is is a lie. It's, well, it's a lie. Absolutely. It, I'm a Christian, and I know that, but I'll tell you something. There's something funny for her family. It was cap- sorry, uh, just, I just wanted to put a little bow on that, Melanie, and that is it was for, it's the same in, in China. One of the, you know, the, the, I'm talking about the communist regime there. One of the worst regimes, why we are doing business with these people, the, the, the regime, again, not the people. I'm talking about the Communist Party, the worst regime since Nazi Germany. They have internment Absolutely. camps. They are harvesting organs. Anyway, but the point is, for the people at the top, it's capitalism, right? The people in the Politburo, they have Capitalism. It's well, communism for the rest of us. Union broke up, in my opinion, from studying history and knowing history from being that part of the world. The reason everybody was so happy, oh, yes, give all those countries their own flags, give them all their own country name, their own language. The reason was so that the oligarchs, their children and their families and those tied to them, just like the mafia, could escape the Soviet Union and come to the, to the West, bring all their wealth. Now, why are they so wealthy in England? Why are they so wealthy here? Our government must be in cahoots with that old system and with the oligarchs. Why not freeze all their money, freeze all their assets, and do what we do with some African uh, despots? We freeze their, you know, we freeze all their uh, money that's in the West. Right, right. You know, well, it's like in in Cyprus. I've been I've been told uh, that that's where a lot of the See a lot of these intelligence agencies, right? They uh, after the again after the fall of the uh, the the Iron Curtain. A lot of these KGB and Bulgarian secret police and all of these rascals, if I can use that as a pretty charitable term, the, the, these the thugs, these thugs, they, yeah, they were murderers and thugs, a lot of them, not all of them, but some of them, obviously, but they, sure, they, they made, made out like bandits with blackmail and extortion and a lot of that money ended up in banks in, in Cyprus. Yes, and, why uh, is Cyprus not freezing that money? Why isn't New York freezing that money? Why isn't Canada freezing that money? They're pretending they're doing something about it, but they're not. Now, if they united themselves and said, we're going to freeze all this money, this does not belong to those individuals. It belongs to the people. And you right. know what? If Canada and the West doesn't do anything about what's going on now in other parts of the world, especially in other parts of the world, we are going to see, definitely, we're going to see war, because the Chinese population will not put up with what they're putting up with, especially 70% of them who are not living like the people in Beijing are living, or people in Moscow, or in Kiev, in those countries. The only reason Poland did well 
The only reason Poland did well, Richard, is because they still had a Christian, Catholic, unified Roman Catholic identity. They still had Pope Paul, who said, we're living in a culture of death. Our country lives in a culture of death. We abort little babies, and then we want lives to be respected of all color. How can right. we? We okay. Melanie, we're kind of going all over the place. I don't disagree with you on the abortion issue, but um, yeah, we're, we're kind of drifting here. But thank you for the call. Always great to hear from Melanie. She's a regular, and uh, we appreciate it. Um, so I was mentioning Wayfair, and uh, that's kind of related to this because it involves you know, pedophile rings and so forth. So that brings me to uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. And um, it's kind of interesting to see what's happening there. I don't know if people want to comment on that as we uh, continue along with our open line segment. So this British socialite known for her association with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, who, uh, who she was ch- charged with enticement of minors and sex trafficking of children. She was arrested last week at her New Hampshire estate before being uh, moved to New York City to face federal charges. Uh, and Maxwell, I guess she's about 58. She was, uh, she's been detained at uh, a lockup in Brooklyn without bail. Prosecutors have labeled her an extreme risk of flight, which is interesting because she was right under their noses the whole time. She paid for this house in New Hampshire in cash. I think it was a million dollars. She made cash. And she has several passports. She could have fled to England. She could have fled to France, which does not have an extradition uh, with the U.S. She has a French passport. Um, she could have fled elsewhere, but she stayed right where she was. And the question is why? Perhaps because she was being protected? I don't know. Anyway, they, um, her lawyers are asking that she, uh, she be released on bail of $5 million, a bond, because of the coronavirus risk, she, of course, is repeatedly denying wrongdoing. Uh, anyway, we, we, we've got to uh, take a time out. We'll come back and uh, continue to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, other matters. It's open lines. You take this where you want to go. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. From Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416 360 0740 or toll free 1 866 740 4740. Just a reminder Joshua P. Warren, a paranormal researcher, will join us at the uh, top of the hour for hour two. And a uh, very unique individual, paranormal researcher Joshua P. Warren, uh, will talk about invisibility. Invisibility technology, invisible realms, invisible uh, entities, uh, and some of his experimentation. That's uh, coming up. I was uh, talking about Ghislaine Maxwell, who was arrested last week, or I guess earlier this week. Well, this is technically, anyway, last Tuesday at her uh, home in New Hampshire. She was there, I think, the whole time. Uh, And it seems like she's been protected. And I don't know if if when the uh, the the U.S. Department of Justice fired the um, the D.A. for the Southern District of New York, the timing was kind of curious because right after uh, he was fired, Ghislaine Maxwell was taken into custody. Anyway, she's uh, sitting in a cell in Brooklyn. They want her 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 lawyers want her freed on bail, a five million dollar bond. And um, so she's been uh, she's waiting trial on um, sex trafficking charges. 
well, technically conspiring to entice girls as young as 14 to engage in illegal sex acts with uh, Jeffrey Epstein from 94 through 97 at his home in New York, in Florida, in New, and New Mexico, and uh, at her residence in, in London, which is where those photos of Prince Andrew were taken. So this is going to be very interesting. Uh, what will happen to Ghislaine Maxwell? I just wonder, will the, the video surveillance cameras in her cell suddenly malfunction? And will the prison guards watching over her decide to take a, a nap? Will she be found hanging in her cell, a la Epstein? Uh, if you'd like to weigh in on that, please do. Tony's checking in from Toronto. Tony, good evening. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Hi, Richard. Uh, three, uh, two fast points. First of all, this lady that uh, said Trump was uh, the Antichrist, I think. <laughs> what do you make of that? Yeah, she's, uh, she's as much a Christian as a Christ-loving demon. And, of course, uh, this is what happens to uh, people. I don't, hey, well, wait a minute. No, that's not fair. I don't want to uh, – her motives may be uh, pure. We can't impugn her motives. She, if she believes what she believes. Yeah. But, um, you know, well, we, know we don't need to I get into personal attacks. Type of, this is what happens to people that listen to the mainstream media. You know what I mean? Uh, because, obviously, uh, you know, that's the mainstream media. And the other thing is this thing about masks. I find it kind of strange that they want to – Tony, are you there? Did, did Tony get cut off? All right. We dropped Tony by mistake. Uh, that wasn't me. Tony wanted to talk about masks. If you're listening, Tony, please be free to call uh, or feel free to call back. Uh, in the meantime, all I will say about masks is, listen, I I will wear them if, if asked to do so, uh, you know, if that's the protocol. And I think the idea is if, you know, and you're in a place where you can't, social distance properly or physical distance. I hate that term, social distance, but physically uh, distance from someone then, okay, for a short period of time. But here's the thing, the delivery of this, the rollout of this was all botched, wasn't it? First masks were no good, they, w they wouldn't help, and then they were good, and then they were not sure, and then uh, then even uh, Tony Fauci says they're largely symbolic. Okay, whatever, I'll wear the mask if I have to wear the mask. Um, but, but let's face it, the science really is all over the place. And the way that this was rolled out, uh, is it any wonder people are confused? Is it any wonder people are pushing back? Because, again, the rollout of this, not surprisingly, perhaps, uh, the, you know, we, we keep being assured by public health and our leaders that this time, you know, after SARS, we're ready. We know what we're doing. We never we never are ready. We never learn. Do we seriously think the next time a pandemic comes, washes ashore, we're going to be any better prepared? Are we going to treat our seniors any better? I hope so, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath. Uh, who do we have? Luke is checking in from London. Hello, Luke. Welcome. So happy to speak to you. I wrote you an email a long time ago on your old uh, conspiracy show, the uh, sorry, the one about the rock and roll radio. I was on uh your show a long time ago, and it's an honor to talk oh, to you. Oh, thank you, Luke. That's right. I remember you. That's, this was a podcast I did called The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone uh, with uh, Chris Jericho. Well, That's it was right. on his uh, network, and I did a, a Q&A episode, and you called in. You had a question. What a question was it about? about, uh, about it was about an early episode. You were going to reveal about a, about a death and, an, and a coffin. Something about, uh, I forget the question, but it was hype, man. I must have shown it to a hundred people. Definitely was the highlight 
of my month. So it's great. That to was, be oh, I know that what that was about. Excuse me, Luke. I remember now that episode was, um, you were asking about an episode on the, it was the big bopper that right, went that's down right. in that plane crash bopper. that killed uh, buddy Holly and, uh, the big bopper's son very quickly, the big bopper's son had his father's coffin exhumed like, I don't know, 40 years after his death in 59, there was some speculation that he was shot in the plane uh, because they did find a pistol in the wreckage belonging to Buddy Holly. He did carry a gun. Uh, but he, anyway, uh, that was one, what that man. was about. That's the story right there. Yeah. Anyway, Luke, so, what did you want to talk about? I just want to, well, let's get back to the, uh, the original. Uh, it's, it's great that you're finally like, I feel like we're finally touching the surface here, man. It's great to finally get this out to light. But my question is, with all of the names on the list recently, Kevin Spacey, Bill Cosby, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Weinstein, Wiener, Christine Teigen joking about skinny pedos drinking pedo light. When is the like, when are people going to freaking wake up? When is it going to happen? Like, when are we going to hit a threshold? I, that's my question to you. I'm asking you a question, Richard. I'd like you to answer for the general public. Like, when are we going to hit the tipping point when people actually wake the heck up around here, man? I am so tired of people being like, I am so tired of people being just not awake and not having their eyes open. It's almost like they're, as you call it, willfully ignorant, man, or willfully ignorant. Like, it's just, it's as though they, they don't care. They don't want to see it. But like, I, I'm telling you, normal people are waking up. This pandemic has had people in lockdown for four freaking months. And what it has done is given people an opportunity to do their own research. And I'm telling you right now, I'm seeing it, man. I love you, Richard. I listen to you literally on TuneIn Radio almost every single morning. I wake up with you, dude. Monday, Wednesday, Friday for your conspiracy <laughs> show. I am rarely off on Sunday night, so I have to listen to you like Tuesday morning, this show. So it's amazing to be on with you, man. Great to hear your voice. You are one of Canada's best, dude. That's my question to you, though. Have a great night. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try to answer that as best I can, Luke, when we come back. We're uh, running into a break here, but thanks for the call. He was talking about the list. That's the manifest uh, that's been published. I had the guest on who actually dug it out and posted it on, on, on the internet. The manifest, those that were aboard the Lolita Express to, uh, to Little St. James Island, which is uh, Lolita Island. Anyway, back with more of The Conspiracy Show after this. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To get the truth, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Luke from London called in and uh, wow, that was uh, some generous words there from Luke. I thank you for that. He, he wondered, you know, when is all of what's going on going to come to the surface? That's a huge question. And, and I think he was referring specifically to the child sex rings and the whole, you know, Lolita Island and Epstein and all of that. Now, Ghislaine Maxwell has been apprehended, although she was hiding in plain sight in New Hampshire. What's going on there? Well, obviously she was, I think, still underneath the umbrella of Epstein's plea uh, bargain deal. Um, he, it's like in a will, right? He placed her, he protected her, uh, with that same agreement. And w- it seems pretty clear that Epstein was, uh, an intelligence asset. Now, whether what he was doing on Lolita Island and in 
various places in New York and London and Florida with with uh, these underage girls, whether that was related to the intelligence work or it was just kind of a thing he had going on the side. We don't know. When will it come to light? Well, I guess it kind of right now it, it hinges on Ghislaine Maxwell. And if she is allowed to uh, to spill the beans or will she be suicided? So let's keep a careful eye on that. Uh, do you think they'll try that again? They, whoever they are, whoever got to Epstein, do you think they'll try it again? Why not? They are so brazen now, aren't they? And, and, and what's at stake? Everything. Everything is at stake. Think of the names. And, and, and it's reported that she has, what do they call this, a kill switch? Uh, if she goes down, all of her names, and she's, she's got documentation She's got photographs, supposedly, according to her friends and colleagues. She has photographs of people uh, that will shock and astound and disgust uh, people you would never have imagined that are involved in this. Um, and yes, the, the manifest for the Lolita Express. Now, we have to be careful because, again, Epstein had kind of a dual life. Uh, there was what was going on on Lolita Island and the whole child sex thing. But then there was, you know, he was involved in. Not necessarily for pure motives, um, but he wanted to insinuate himself into higher circles. And so, yes, he rubbed elbows with people like, you know, Bill Gates and not that he was on that plane, but um, uh, the Clintons, of course. And Bill Clinton's name comes up on that manifest something like 26 times, although he claims he never went to Little James Island. And uh, to this point, I don't think there's evidence that he did. Uh, I think Donald Trump was on that plane at one point. Um, Alan Dershowitz, supermodel Naomi Campbell. Uh, what does Naomi Campbell want to do at Lolita Island? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so there are people, very high-powered people, influential, as I said, perhaps even beloved people, who may be in Ghislaine Maxwell's Rolodex. And if she is allowed to go, get on a stand and name names, uh, I mean, are the police going to show up at Buckingham Palace and take Prince Andrew away? Will that be allowed? I mean, when you get when when you're talking about powerful people, they, they, some of these people are untouchable. They are untouchable. So a lot is riding on Ghislaine Maxwell and whether she's allowed to live or not. As for the rest of it, you know, yes, I think people are starting to wake up. The mainstream media, the, the large news gathering organizations have lost so much credibility, even before COVID, for the last four years, really. If we have witnessed, it's, it's sorrowful to see what has happened to, to a once proud and such an important institution that is charged. They are, the, depending on how you look at it, the first line of defense, the last line of defense for our freedoms. They are supposed to comfort the weak and afflict the powerful. And it seems like they're doing the opposite now. So we don't necessarily need to rely on them. It's, it's almost like the whole UFO disclosure thing, which we talk about a lot on this program. And I don't expect that to happen in my lifetime, at least not some sort of official disclosure. But why do we need it? Why do we need official? Why do we need anything official from official institutions? Many of which have proven themselves to be inept, corrupt, colluding, 
So we don't need, obviously we want to see justice done where there have been wrongs done, but it's, it's, it should be enough for us to know and satisfy ourselves with the truth because we're not necessarily ever going to get it from the mainstream media. Uh, just a reminder again, Joshua P. Warren coming up in a, in a few moments to talk about, well, something a little lighter, if you will, <laughs> invisibility should be fun. Uh, I wanted to mention this as well, because I mentioned UFOs and, um, I, I've got to get, um, Elizondo on the, on the, on the show, uh, Luis Elizondo, maybe Victor Vigiani and I can work on that. But, uh, the former head of the U S government's secretive UFO research program, uh, speaking out again back in April, he, uh, the U S government officially declassified three video clips of unidentified aerial phenomena. That's what they call them now, not UFOs. That word is no that term. That acronym is no longer de rigueur. It's UAPs folks. Anyway, uh, these were video clips of UAPs encountered by U.S. Navy pilots during two separate encounters. And th- these were clips that had already been leaked and published by the New York Times and Tom DeLonge's to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. And the Pentagon's decision to not only release them, but then also to confirm the objects were genuinely uh, unidentified. This was seen as a significant step forward in the search for the for the truth about what these objects are and, and where they come from. Now, Luis Elizondo, again, the former leader of the secretive Pentagon UFO program. It was called uh, ATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. That, that, that name of that project is very telling. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. In other words, the Pentagon had a secret program to study whether these unidentified aerial phenomena were a threat to U.S. national security. Anyway, he was he helped to facilitate the release of these videos. He's indicated that he that the Pentagon is still in possession of a lot more evidence of unidentified aerial phenomenon. They have a lot more. So brace yourselves. We are about to see more videos come forward. He says, Elizondo does. Am I surprised the government acknowledged the validity and the veracity of those videos? Not at all. He told Newsweek. It was a matter of time. They didn't have a choice because ultimately the paper trail goes back to the authenticity of these videos. And anybody who does a little bit of research will recognize that they are real, quote, end quote. I knew they were genuine, and there's also a lot more the Pentagon currently has. Unfortunately, it may remain highly classified. As for the origin and nature of these objects, Elizondo remains uncertain. He says, I think healthy skepticism is important. I think the more data points we get, the better. I would just encourage those who jump to conclusions prematurely to take in all the data that's available because it's not just eyewitness testimony. Here's a question for you. What, do you. what else do you think they have, the Pentagon, that is? Are you expecting to see more video footage? And what would it take at this point to convince you that, that we are being visited by some entities? That these are crafts of unknown, either extraterrestrial, interdimensional Making incursions into our aerospace, into our airspace. Hmm. Uh, speaking of which, I don't know if you caught the show. I guess it's been three weeks since we had uh, Victor Vigiani was on along with uh, Paula Harris in the first hour, photojournalist, UFO researcher. And then in the second hour, Clifford Stone, uh, part of a, um, he claims, a secret government UFO crash retrieval program. Not sure if you had a chance to listen to that. 
uh, I thought Clifford seemed very credible, very emotional as he described finding these dead or injured ETs at these crash sites. My word, he seemed sincere. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, if you didn't catch the show, by the way, it's up at uh, Strange Planet, the YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Go to YouTube, Strange Planet, and uh, you can listen back to these shows. You can also go back to previous shows at uh, TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. There's an archive of all of my past shows going back, I think, all the way to 2012 are there as well. All right. Uh, Joshua P. Warren is waiting in the wings from Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we'll talk invisibility. That sounds promising. All right, back with more in a moment, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Hey, well, thanks for inviting me into your home. A long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Joshua P. Warren is here, and we're going to talk about invisibility this hour, invisible realms, invisible entities, invisible technology. Uh, We'll also discuss some of Joshua's own experiments involving invisibility. Uh, Before we get to Mr. Warren, uh, just a reminder that my free app for my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, is now available for both iOS and Android. Again, Conspiracy Unlimited, that's my podcast. It drops Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's a free app. It's available now for both iOS and Android. And so now you can stream all of the episodes from your mobile device. Uh, And here's the the, the kicker. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus members, pay attention. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus members, you can stream premium content from the mobile device. So go get the free app from uh, the App Store or Google Play. Uh, You still have to subscribe to the podcast. You can't do that from the app. you got to subscribe. The best way is to go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com, conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And um, the most recent 30 episodes remain free. Okay, you can listen to the, the most recent 30 for free. And uh, new episodes, again, drop every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you become a Plus member, and it's like $1.99 a month. Uh, I, I lose that, you know, in the between the the cushions and the sofa every other day. Anyway, a dollar ninety nine a month, you get two bonus commercial free episodes per month, plus access to the back catalog of episodes, which is almost four hundred past episodes. So again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. dot com, and uh, again, if if you want to become a plus member, just click on get access to premium episodes. All right, let's talk invisibility, shall we? Joshua P. Warren has spent 20 years, more than 20 years, breaking ground in the paranormal. He began publishing at the age of 15. At the age of 25, Simon & Schuster published his book, How to Hunt Ghosts, now widely considered a classic in the field. In 2004, he made the cover of the science journal Electric Spacecraft for his work on the mysterious Brown Mountain Lights. Founder of Lemur, L-E-M-U-R, Lemur Paranormal and the Asheville Mystery Museum. He often corresponds for uh, Coast to Coast AM, hosts the nationally syndicated Speaking of Strange radio show, a regular personality on programs that have aired on the Travel Channel, Discovery, History, National Geographic, Sci-Fi, Animal Planet, etc. And uh, through his open, imaginative mind, Joshua tells the facts with a warm, respectful sense of humor. 
Yet he's got this ability to, to reduce them down to solid lab experiments to separate fact from fiction. That's what I love about Joshua P. Warren. And uh, it's a delight to welcome him back. Joshua, how are you? How have you been? Hey, I'm doing great, Richard. It is always wonderful to talk to you. So thank you for having me on your show. Now, I don't know. I don't want to tell tales out of school, but uh, you're involved in a new, a new TV project, I hear. I reached out to you recently. You were in Death Valley. Are you <laughs> able to talk about it? Well, not specifically, but you know what's weird is that since this whole COVID-19 situation started, obviously a, a lot of the world is shut down. But for me, it's been kind of the opposite. Uh, I have gotten more opportunities to work on television programs and documentaries and, uh, of course, a lot of radio work. And I think it's because everybody's kind of stuck at home and gobbling up content. So um, I'm sort of uh, – I, I, I wouldn't say happy but uh that the, you know i'm in this position but i'm telling you uh it has been busier than ever so uh i am delighted that there is so much interest in the type of uh, research that i do well and again uh you, you you're really at the forefront with the research a lot of people they go out and they're hunting ghosts and that's fine that's entertaining but i mean you you get into the laboratory you're 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 coming up with stuff that nobody else does but i wanted to talk to you about invisibility and uh, you're in Las, Las Vegas uh, now, and, and you've mentioned this a couple of times, interesting place for you to be because you're in the what they call the Nevada Triangle. You also have a home in Puerto Rico, which is in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. So, uh, I mean, what's happening there? What's What's going on in the Nevada Triangle? There's more disappearances there than the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, uh, people don't realize that this is an even stranger part of the country because when a plane or a ship vanishes in the Bermuda Triangle, well, you can say, gosh, it's somewhere down there in the deep dark ocean. Uh, you know, outside of Puerto Rico, it goes down to almost 30,000 feet deep. But here in the Nevada Triangle, we're talking about areas that are barren. I mean, uh, there's very little vegetation. We have military bases all over the place. So how is it that, you know, we have thousands of people over the decades that have just poof, vanished right here between Las Vegas and Reno and Fresno, California. It's an even stranger phenomenon. And there's so much weirdness that goes on here that, frankly, that's one of the things that I'm working on right now with my current project is, is trying to put together a comprehensive documentary about all this. And, you know, Richard, most of my life I have been studying strange things like ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and psychic phenomena. And you hear the same thing over and over again. Someone says, I saw a ghost and then it vanished. I saw a UFO and then it disappeared. I saw Bigfoot and then he vanished. And it's kind of frustrating to try to study things that are always disappearing. And so I really started looking very seriously into why and how things might disappear because a lot of people presume that if they see a paranormal phenomenon that vanishes that it is sort of uh traveling somewhere that it's teleporting somewhere that it's changing its position in space but i started to wonder well is it possible that these things are not traveling through space but they're just becoming transparent to the naked eye they're they're still there and and how difficult would it be 
to achieve that. And what I found was it is amazingly and surprisingly easy to achieve invisibility. And I think that our military has been so uh, adamant about studying this that, uh, and I can give you some honest examples of this, uh, I would not be surprised, Richard, if there were a uh, an invisible agent standing right in the corner of your studio as amazing and unbelievable as that may sound. Uh, well, less and less unbelievable, it, it, it seems. I mean, you know, most of us are familiar with uh, the invisibility cloak on, well, not only on Harry Potter. I mean, that I think the, the invisibility cloak has been kind of a, uh, uh, a device that's been used uh, throughout folk, folklore and legends. Um, wasn't the invisibility cloak also in Jason and the Argonauts or something? Um, it's, it's kind of the holy grail, really, isn't it? The invisibility cloak. But the, I know up in Canada, I, I saw this video recently. They are working on, I think they call it hyper-stealth material. And um, there's a demonstration online you can see. And it's, it's just, it looks like a piece of flexible plastic. Uh, and it somehow, I don't know, blocks out infrared or it bends light around itself and so this person was holding this like a, sh a body shield up in front of him and he basically vanished he disappeared behind this thing and you could see what was behind him which was some backlight and some curtains in front of a window but he was gone so you know that's what they're telling us they have and when i see that i always say well if they're if they're if that's for public consumption, what they're telling us they have, they're probably 50 years beyond that. What do you think? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you know, it's easy for people to hear about the concept of invisibility technology and kind of roll their eyes. But if I instead say camouflage, now people go, oh, that makes sense because that's the purpose of camouflage is to make you as invisible as possible. So obviously this is the holy grail for any type of military or law enforcement. And in fact, to, to demonstrate just how incredibly accessible invisibility material is, uh, are, are, I'm sure you can get on the internet right now, uh, right, Richard? I'm, I'm on your site right now. Okay, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, and uh, click the link to my curiosity shop. Yes, I'm a good businessman. <laughs> Scroll down and yeah. you will see a video where I make myself invisible. And I did this by obtaining a relatively inexpensive, crude uh, piece of material. And to demonstrate just how effective it is, okay, first off in the video, it just lasts a little over a minute. You'll see me first making some small things disappear i had uh, a little doll of a ghost and a little doll of a of a ufo and a little doll of a bigfoot and then you see me make myself disappear and then finally i decided to take it to the nth degree and before all of this covid stuff started i went to a busy bar on a saturday night in las vegas packed with people and i made myself invisible in that bar as people were walking right past me. And if you watch the video, you will see the proof that I did this. And, and it, it, it's actually kind of a touchy subject because I'm telling you, this could be so easily abused for oh, yes. nefarious purposes if people understood how easy it is 
to become invisible. Just, and so, uh, just uh, excuse me, Joshua. I just want to make sure that I, because I'm going to watch this probably during the break that's coming yeah. up in about ten minutes. But if I'm so, I'm on the Curiosity uh, Shop site. Is it mm-hmm. is it below the rare book set video? Yeah, yeah. You just scroll down toward the bottom there, and then I know it's kind of cluttered. There's a lot of stuff, but if you if you keep scrolling down, I've got some interesting ah, videos. It, it says invisibility cloaking material and the got paranormal. It. It's one minute fourteen seconds. Play that, and you will see me after I show the dolls disappear. You will see me make myself disappear first off in my house, and then out there in the bar, and. You know, what's amazing about this is a lot of people, I feel, do not take strange and paranormal reports seriously because they can't wrap their mind around the idea that something can just sort of vanish. But it's not that big of a deal. And when you realize how simple it is to sort of warp the photons that reach the human eye and how egotistical and egocentric we are to say, I got to see it to believe it. And if I see it, it's real. And if I don't see it, it's not real. If, 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 you, if you take this into context, this is a step forward for us because we can now say, look, uh, the, the ridicule factor of people saying they saw something that disappeared should be neutralized. And now we should go past that and start looking more seriously at what people are experiencing because the impossibility of invisibility is no longer such a far-fetched thing. Uh, and I guess so now the saying has to be not seeing is believing. Well, yeah, you could say that. And in fact, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you have it posted anywhere, but I sent you a video of this invisibility cloaking material being used on an aircraft landing at Nellis Air Force Base. And of course, here in Las Vegas, Nellis is the big Air Force Base that's on the north end of the city. And uh, they are the the main... uh, control uh, for Area 51. And so in 2015, five years ago, my friend Steve Barone, who lives on the side of a cliff in Summerlin overlooking the Las Vegas Valley, uh, he filmed uh, this craft that is landing at Nellis Air Force Base. And the only reason you can see it is because as it's landing, it's a triangular shaped craft and it turns on lights at the tips of the triangle. Uh, other than that, you don't see anything except the background. And then the background is kind of warped a little bit like a mirage. And this shows you how that uh, this kind of technology is certainly being used on various aircraft. But uh, I believe that uh, without a doubt, if I can obtain the material that I got to make myself invisible in a bar, then with the military budget, uh, I I believe they have got uh, some kind of very flexible fabric, uh, and, and I say fabric in quotations, but but some kind of flexible material that would make them almost completely transparent. And you know, it's weird because over the years, a lot of people have talked about seeing a ghost or other paranormal manifestations, and they say it looks kind of foggy or misty or warped a little bit. And this is the kind of predator effect, uh, referring to the movie, that you get from using this kind of material. So 
uh, and again, we're, we're, we're not talking about someone literally, you know, dematerializing. We're talking kind of a, a cloaking device, a cloaking device. So the person is really there, but they are using some piece of uh, technology. Uh, so th- render them invisible to the human eye, but they're not invisible or they're they're not immaterial is what i'm saying they're not immaterial they haven't dematerialized uh so i mean that might explain what is reported as parent some paranormal activity so maybe someone who sees what they think is a ufo uh that's flitting in and out of our dimension or our reality is is one of these advanced aircraft using one of these cloaking devices uh, I suppose in some rare instances, maybe someone catches out of the corner of their eyes some a, a person who is using this cloaking device, and they think, "Oh, that must be a ghost." Um, but uh, you know that doesn't necessarily explain all paranormal activity, right? So y- you're not saying that all ghosts are people using this technology, but there there could be two things happening at the same time, right? That's right. I'm not saying that paranormal manifestations are using this technology. What I'm saying is that the fact that we can see how easy it is to become invisible means that we have proof of concept here for how easy it may be for ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, etc. to actually become invisible uh, using whatever means that we don't understand. But invisibility is not such a large leap to make when we're trying to understand these things. It used to be a big leap, like, well, how does something, how do you see something that suddenly is not there? It's not that big of a deal. And so once we realize that, that it becomes almost trivial that these things can appear and disappear. And so now we can we can start looking more at the meat of these eyewitness reports because it's very easy to dismiss out of hand some someone's report when they say, I saw this thing and it disappeared because it almost sounds like a hallucination or something. But if you understand that there is a technology that's very inexpensive and accessible that will do something close to this, uh, then it just shows you the concept of invisibility is not some giant barrier that we have to deal with. And once you start thinking about how the invisible uh, world uh, around you can can be produced using simple photon bending materials, well, then you start thinking about, wow, what other stuff can I tap into that is powerful, that may be invisible. And that's why I use this as a great example of how to tap into the power of the mind, which is something I'm sure we'll get into at this hour, uh, because the mind is intrinsically invisible, and yet it also has physical power. So uh, this bridges a lot of gaps for us. Uh, so again, if people want to go to Joshua P. Warren, and there's no period there, it's just Joshua P., as in Peter, Warren, Dot com and uh, click on in the menu there the tab curiosity shop and then scroll down I would say about three quarters of the way down and there's a video there it says invisible invisibility cloaking materials and the paranormal and just click on that and watch that during the break that's coming up in about two minutes time and then uh, if you'd like to call in and weigh in with your thoughts uh, we'd love to hear from you at 416-360-0740 toll free one 866 
Um, I don't know if this is possible for you to answer, but knowing where the technology is going and, and again, probably realizing that the military has things that are 50 years beyond our wildest imaginations, and that comes from Ben Rich, who used to uh, run Skunk Works. Um, do you do you think now, are you satisfied then that given this technology, it's likely that the vast, vast majority of UAP or UFO sightings are are human made, but just simply advanced technology. At this point in this day and age, yes, I think majority of them are. Uh, you know, just ten years ago, when someone would send me some UFO footage to analyze, it was much much easier than it is now. I mean, for five years, I produced an event where I had the very best. Hobbyists and craftspeople come together and build different types of, you know, UFOs and fly them to see who could create the most convincing fake. And I would photograph them and videotape them, and I used that as a reference for my analysis. Now, uh, it's almost impossible to analyze so-called UFO footage because, I mean, uh, we have uh, Elon Musk's Starlink up there, and that's a growing constellation of satellites. Um, we now have these craft using invisibility technology, and so uh, short of having a close encounter where you actually see an alien or something, uh, it's almost impossible now to to take a, a a piece of footage of a weird light in the sky and determine if it is uh, man-made or not. All right. Uh, so again, we're going to take a time out. People uh, listening, I encourage you to get up to joshuapwarren.com and uh, click on Curiosity Shop in his uh, in the tab there and scroll down to Invisibility Cloaking Materials in the Paranormal, a short video. I'm going to check it out right now, and uh, we'll meet back here in just a moment. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Joshua P. Warren is with us, the author of How to Hunt Ghosts, Evil in Asheville, Haunted Asheville, Plausible Ghosts, The Secret Wisdom of uh, Kukul Khan, uh, Poor Man's Paranormal, Don't Play with Robert, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree, Finding Your Magic. Uh, and um, he's checking in from Las Vegas. And I watched the video, uh, Joshua, and admittedly, I mean, it's very sort of rudimentary type technology, but it gives people an idea. So, uh, um, and if it was lit uh, in a certain way, it could probably even be more convincing. Um what, what is that material that you were using to make those little objects disappear? Well, I don't want to be too specific uh, because, okay. honestly, I, I do think that it, it's just a matter of time before it's abused. But it is plastic, and the plastic has a particular grain that is uh, cut into it that causes light to spread. And so – you, you will notice that I am primarily, not always, but primarily using tubes or arcs. And so what that means is the object that's behind 
would ordinarily be seen because it's its photons would be traveling directly into your eyes. But because of the curved shape, instead it spreads those photons to the edges, uh, kind of like the way a fiber optic manipulates light. And so uh, this is something, again, I, I got just as a civilian. Uh, anybody can get this kind of stuff. And I, I almost don't even want to talk about the bad ways it could be used because I don't want to give anybody ideas. Right. But Understood. I'm telling you, like this, this stuff, if, if we can do this that easily and the military has billions of dollars in their black budget, the U.S. military has billions of dollars in their black budget, uh, I'm sure a good chunk of that goes to – well, concealment and camouflage, and that is why I believe that probably, uh, certainly within the, the the past five years, they've been able to create technology that is so uh, so effective that you could literally have an invisible person standing in your room. And by the way, Richard, when I put this together, I started doing experiments. And I found that this would even make me invisible to the motion sensors on my own alarm system. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also scary. So somebody who is using this technology properly could waltz right into your house and not set off your alarms. So, yeah, this is this is some tricky stuff. And, and eventually, mark my words, this will this will come up as a uh, as a threat and it, it will probably be a, a regulated material right right and and uh, i mean that's commercially available something that you bought now imagine as you say let's say an intelligence agency or mi the military with you know more money than god a black hole of money that just you know disappears and they have it at their disposal and I, one of the things I, I i believe that they are working on or have already perfected and that is uh, so. Imagine um, a fabric that would that you would put on, and it's uh, the fabric is basically thousands, or maybe even more, tens of thousands of little uh, cameras or projectors. And what they're doing is they are projecting what is behind the the person wearing the fabric. So. I guess in the rear of the uh, the rear of the suit that you would put on would be the cameras that are 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 capturing images of what's behind you and the the, the projectors is what's on the front. Those are projecting images of what's behind you. So essentially you're seeing what's behind the individual. That person is then wearing this fabric. They are invisible to the human eye. So that's another way that they that they are uh, trying to approach invisibility. I'm I'm sure they've perfected that as well. Well, you know, uh, about 10 years ago, I was actually in Laughlin, Nevada, which is about an hour and a half south of Las Vegas. And I was out in the desert about 9, 9.30 at night with a few friends. We had night vision goggles. And we all witnessed this gigantic object travel over our heads. And from our perspective, you couldn't see it with the naked eye. Uh if you looked up with the naked eye, it just looked like the starry sky. But through the night vision goggles, we could actually see uh, what looked like a giant V shape. And so 
I, I was always perplexed because people talk about triangles all the time, but this was just a big illuminated V shape that very slowly and silently uh, moved over our heads. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it moved from east to west, and ultimately it was traveling toward a base. And when I saw that at that time, it was so eerie to me that I really felt like I was seeing something otherworldly. But now that I know more about the technology they use, I'm thinking that this may have been actually one of these type of uh, triangular aircraft that was using the cloaking technology so that if you looked up with the naked eye, uh, you'd have to be really sharp uh, to see the leading edge is, uh, I guess the leading edges of that craft sort of distorting the stars, but it was more apparent through the night vision goggles. So in retrospect, I would say that it's very likely what I saw was a craft similar to what Steve Barone captured landing at Nellis Air Force Base in, in 2015. So um, probably day or night, uh, there are many different ways of cloaking uh, these aircraft, um, and it's very easy, really, to imagine cloaking an aircraft, but it gets kind of creepy when we're talking about cloaking an individual, and I'm sure they've gotten that far. Oh, yes, and you know, all of these, um, uh, some of these murders that are carried out that are like a, almost like a professional hit – and uh, I don't know, an intelligence agency maybe or a rogue element of an intelligence agency goes into a, a place, uh, you know, no sign of forced entry. As you say, the alarms don't go off. The, 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 the target is taken out. They, you know, one has to wonder whether they are using that kind of technology to get in and out. And then I start thinking about what is warfare going to be like? Um, you know, in the next 10 years, 15, 20 years, or even intelligence gathering or policing. I don't even want to think about it. It's scary. Well, you know, Richard, um, when you get to the point where you can be invisible, invisible, uh, that is one of the holy grails of, of power. I would say that probably if you were to just philosophically imagine the things uh, that could be obtained that would give you uh, enormous power. It would be invisibility and time travel. Those would be the two big holy grails. And it's possible that what we are seeing often is a combination of those two things. Um, and that's why, you know, you hear these stories about shadow people, for example, and more often than not, these shadow people are kind of in the corner of the room and sort of observing quietly. And, of course, if someone happens to notice that person, they might see that figure sort of, you know, uh, swiftly move away. Um, and if we were actually observing ourselves from the future, we would also take precautions to not affect the past because it could, you know, create the whole grandfather effect. And you, you throw off the chain reaction, the chain of events in the future. And so I know this is kind of a deep rabbit hole that we could go down, but 
ultimately, I think it, it may be possible that if ever, ever, ever in the entire infinite future, um, humans, or for that matter, any other species are able to figure out how to travel through time, they will do it. They will do it, whether it's legal or not. Uh, I wrote about this in my book, The Secret Wisdom of Kuku Khan, and thank you for mentioning my books. And, uh, and that creates what I call the paratemporal loop hypothesis. And so imagine if we actually have um, what amounts to humans or some similar species from the future coming back and observing the past, as they clearly would do, and using some kind of invisibility cloaking material um, you could say this is just another possible explanation for many of the strange things that people call paranormal. Right. And it also explains, I guess you could call it kind of a paradox when people say, well, if time travel is ever achievable, we should be being visited by time travelers now. Well, maybe we are. Maybe that's one of the protocols that if you travel back in time, you must wear this invisibility uh, suit because – you know, you could end up destroying a timeline. Well, that's exactly right. And, and you know, we, we know that this is a, a potential problem. And, and, and by the way, I just thought of this. Um, if you go to Google and you type in TR6 space Telos, T-E-L-O-S, TR6 Telos, T-E-L-O-S, you are going to see under the images – a craft that pops up that looks very much like the craft that I describe seeing in the desert. And I'm not saying that this is indeed the same thing, but um, it is sort of V-shaped, and um, they uh, are claiming, the who, whoever uh, put this online, and it's kind of hard to find, so everybody might not be able to bring it up. Uh, they're claiming that it is designed for trans-atmospheric low-observation reconnaissance, and it utilizes some kind of electrogravitic generators. Uh, but I wanted to bring that up so that anybody who may have seen the same kind of thing that I saw might look at that and say, okay, this might be leading us down the trail uh, to an explanation. Because I, I imagine that these types of V-shaped craft are probably traveling around a lot more than people realize. And so we have here the typical hall of mirrors, Richard, where you have a combination of uh, very um, amazing technology that is being currently developed, possibly combined with these almost unimaginable technologies that are being developed in the future that may actually be coming back, in addition to your good old-fashioned paranormal experience. And so uh, sorting things out is the hard part here uh, because as we become more and more sophisticated technologically, um, we start reaching those gaps and uh, the stuff we are creating is starting to look more like the, the weird stuff from 50 years ago. Indeed. All right. Um, now you've given me another assignment. Uh, I'm off to Google uh, during the break. Back with more of my conversation with Joshua P. Warren right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. 
Yes, uh, I looked that up, the TR6 Telos, and that is your typical V-shaped UFO craft. Um, looks like a boomerang and absolutely immense, these things. People talk about how they almost obliterate the night sky. And it's also very reminiscent of the type of craft that was seen in the uh, the famous Phoenix Light episode back in uh, March of, was that 97, I think? That could have been the TR-6 right there, Joshua. Well, you know, the, uh, the Phoenix Lights uh, episode happened first here in Las Vegas. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, there were many, many reports of this craft being seen in Vegas uh, heading toward Arizona. And then in Arizona, of course, uh, it was on full display. Uh, Vegas is one of the brightest cities in the world. And so often when people see some weird lights around here, they don't pay that much attention. Um, but in Arizona, uh, obviously, everybody noticed it, including the governor. And so, uh, you know, I would presume that this is likely the same type of thing, but you know, it gets really difficult to discern because if what we have here in uh, in the Vegas area is basically facilities that are set up to back engineer alien technology and try to recreate it, 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 it becomes difficult to tell the difference between some kind of exotic man-made technology and and true alien technology, especially if you're just looking at the craft. And, you know, in the, the famous letter that Senator Harry Reid wrote to the Department of Defense, uh, he was talking about these exotic technologies. And, of course, it has been reported that the main contract that was given to try to back engineer some of this down technology went to Bigelow Aerospace. Yeah. And the Bigelow Aerospace was using modified buildings in the Las Vegas area to create some of this stuff. And, uh, and, and of course, Bigelow went on 60 Minutes uh, and was interviewed by reporter Laura Logan. And she said to him, so if we go into space, are we going to possibly encounter aliens? And he laughed and said, you don't have to go into space. They're right here under our noses. Uh, and you know, this is a guy who has had huge government contracts, uh, and he said that you know, very matter-of-factly, said he had no doubt that there are aliens. And so obviously this is a hot spot in the world for developing these things. And if you just want to look at the Roswell incident in particular that happened in 1947, uh, of course, a lot of people don't realize 18 days after that, the National Security Act was signed, which formed the Air Force, the CIA, what is now the NSA, and also the position of the Secretary of Defense. And the first Secretary of Defense, James Forrestal, took an unfortunate fall out of a window. Mm -hmm. uh, it is said that whatever crashed here uh, in, in, in Roswell was first sent to Wright-Patterson, and then right after that in the 1950s, they began building this area, the Groom Lake facility that we now know as Area 51, and it was built primarily to take that debris to a place that was very secluded and to try to back-engineer it and study it and uh, I think that they have made enormous progress, and 
whether or not you believe the stories from people like Bob Lazar, there are still uh, a lot of other uh, very convincing circumstantial evidence that there was debris, at least from the Roswell incident, that was ultimately shipped here to southern Nevada, and uh, that's where they've been developing some of these craft. And so it's, it may not be so much of a coincidence that the craft that, that I saw and a similar craft that we now attribute to uh, Phoenix uh, originated here in Las Vegas. And what do you make – I mean I- – I, I, I'm glad we sort of have gone down this path. I, I, I didn't anticipate it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't bring you on necessarily to talk about UFO disclosure, but while we're on the subject, you know, some people are suggesting that, you know, we had such high hopes with Tom DeLonge and the, and the, to the stars Academy and, and, and Robert Bigelow and that they were going to help bust this wide open. Uh, now it sounds like Bigelow is sitting on a lot of this technology or these artifacts from, UFO crash retrieval sites, and maybe he's not going to give it up to the public, and maybe, again, it's just going to go underground and be used for other purposes, not for the common good, as they say. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, this is this is something I've thought a lot about, because I understand the need for national security. I understand that there are certain powers out there uh, I mean, physical technologies similar to the nuclear bomb or, you know, certainly in, in excess of the nuclear bomb, but certain powers that are so immense that we would not want it to fall into the wrong hands. And so I can't say with certainty that if I knew everything that was available, that I would give a thumbs up to disclosing all this. Uh, but on the other hand, as a taxpayer and a person who believes that you know we ought to be getting some level of information uh, as the the ultimate owners of this country, I think that maybe if we actually have evidence that there are other humanoid beings in the universe, that may cross the line. Uh, so that uh, we deserve to at least know that much. You don't have to tell us exactly how their machines work uh, if, if, if that's too powerful. But I do believe that we deserve to be presented the truth about these beings that are, again, humanoid, that exist in, in the universe. And I've, I've reached the point, and we could talk about this for hours, but uh, I've never seen a, an alien, so to speak, but I believe I have seen enough strong circumstantial evidence. There have been enough deathbed confessions. You have um, people like Glenn Dennis there in uh, Roswell going on camera talking about what he experienced, for example. I just recently talked about that on the podcast that I do called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And um, I think that there is enough evidence there to at least say in a court of law you could prove that we are not alone and and that is such a huge thing i i think we deserve to at least be told that don't you i absolutely i agree uh, we'll take another time out and uh, continue into the final break here going uh, with uh, joshua p warren right to the finish line my name is richard serrett don't go away Big Brother is listening, and so are you. 
to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Uh, just a reminder, coming up next week on the program for, I believe, the full two hours. Uh, I'm, if not, I'm going to try and cajole them into doing the full two hours. Jonathan Kahn. Uh, we'll be here. His uh, new book, The Harbinger 2, coming out uh, later this fall, but he'll uh, stop by again next week to talk about some really mind-blowing biblical prophecies. I always look forward to speaking with Jonathan Kahn. Uh, I always look forward to speaking with Joshua P. Warren, and we have him right now for a few moments yet. And uh, we're talking about invisibility. Uh, invisibility. I forgot to mention that kind of the impetus for me to talk about this was this new I guess it's kind of an, a reboot of the old H.G. Wells uh, movie the uh, or book, uh, The Invisible Man, which I don't know if it's in theaters now or whether it even had a, a much of an opening weekend but, uh, with Elizabeth Moss, I, re- I believe. Uh, have you seen that movie, uh, by the way, Joshua? You know, it's funny uh, that you ask that because I downloaded it to my Kindle to watch on an airplane, and uh, I haven't watched it yet. So I, I've heard it's a good movie, and it, I, I think, certainly uh, brings to light, I would imagine, some of the uh, eeriness of the idea that we may have invisible people running around here. And, and you know, that, that, that statement may sound crazy, but I'm telling you, if you watch – the video that I, I put there at joshuapwarren.com, and you realize just how accessible this stuff is, it's not so crazy at all. Right. And uh, further further to, to your video, there's also on YouTube, and I mentioned this, uh, this Hyper Stealth, um, I think that's the name of the company, I believe they're Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, Hyper Stealth's Quantum Stealth Invisibility Cloak material. And if you type that into Google, uh, you, you'll see this. Uh, which I described earlier, but apparently the military has taken a pass and someone in the comment section was saying that's probably because they have something better, uh, which is very interesting. Now, I don't know how far back this goes, but at one time you had um, posted some interesting photos you took with some night vision binoculars of footprints that kind of appeared and then disappeared. Uh, Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I believe also if you go to that same uh, site, joshuapwarren.com, click the link to the Curiosity Shop. If you scroll down, you should see this footage. And uh, this is actually footage that was shot by a student of mine. I have an online paranormal investigation course, and this gentleman, Daniel Hurst, was one of the graduates of my course. I'm very proud to say that. And he investigated a house that was being haunted by uh, uh, an older lady, and uh, they would hear her sometimes uh, cackling, and then, but they would more often hear her footsteps. And if you watch this video, you actually can see in the infrared night vision her footprints, one after the other, uh, walking across the floor. And this is yet another great example of how that, whether this is a ghost or, or something else, um, there is an invisible person there. And you would only know it by watching the foot the footprints show up, so to speak. And uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, the other day I was watching 
the old original Clash of the Titans with my wife, and uh, there is an invisibility mechanism that the character uses, and the villain notices the footprints in the sand as the invisible person is walking away, and it's very much like you see here. You can actually see those footsteps moving across the floor, so somebody is walking there, but we can't see that person. Fantastic. This is the kind of thing to me that makes you stand out. I know this was shot by one of your students, but he, you know, he, he learned from the master. And to me, you more than anyone else is, seems to be on the cusp of breaking this, this stuff wide open. I talked about UFO disclosure. Um, maybe there's a, a paranormal disclosure that that's on the horizon. And, and if anyone's going to get us there, I think it's going to be you, Joshua. Well, thank you for saying that. And, you know, the secret to my success is this burning curiosity. I'm just a very curious guy. And I also try to look at things practically. So uh, that's why I try to take things that people report in the field and reduce them down to things that I can test in the laboratory. And I have a, a pretty high standard for things that live up to my expectations of evidence. And so uh, I believe right now we have. A, a new, younger generation of people who are getting into these positions of power where they have access to some of this technology and they grew up watching, you know, the Steven Spielberg movies and the George Lucas stuff, and they they want us to know about it. And this is a very trying and confusing time uh, because of all the hardships that we're going through. But if anybody listening out there is freaking out because of what's happening in the world, just remember this one thing. You cannot ever improve the world without some things breaking down. And I don't like the destruction that I'm seeing right now, but I do believe that we are transforming and transitioning and that ultimately this is going to open some doors for us to see more of the things that have been concealed from us. It's interesting. Uh, last night I, uh, I was hosting Coast to Coast AM and I had a, a good friend of mine, media scientist Nelson Thal, on the program. We were talking about Marshall McLuhan and uh, his, his theories and media laws and so forth. One of the things that McLuhan said that uh, it just jumped out at me right now based on what you were saying is that uh, at a certain point, the, 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 the speed of progress will be indistinguishable from crisis. And I think that's what we're undergoing right now. Uh, not, uh, and I'm talking about also technological progress. Uh, and, and you talked about, you know, invisibility technology and so forth. It, it is creating anxiety. And, and I think McLuhan was onto something when he said, you know, the rate at which progress happens can lead, it can be indistinguishable from crisis. Well, that's true. And there are lots of people who are uh, opportunist, who are taking advantage of the change that's going on. They're abusing things. But obviously, uh, the mainstream media has a tendency to always exaggerate things and to make you afraid. And, you know, they, they focus on the smallest little things. And uh, ultimately, though, uh, this is not a time to be afraid. This is a time for us to see a change that's going on. Don't take your uh, your your news from the mainstream media literally. You know, just walk outside and see how your fellow humans are behaving, and uh, they're 
I'm, I presume 99% of the time they're behaving well because that's why we have a civilization to begin with. So it can be scary if you just listen to the fear-mongering, but once all this is done and the transition has occurred, then we are going to see in our lifetimes uh, amazing things that would have been impossible to disclose 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right, as long as they don't fall into the wrong hands. Joshua, yeah. always uh, a pleasure. I always learn so much from listening to you. You're so engaging and, and captivating, and I appreciate your time. And um, again, let's give people the website, uh, joshuapwarren.com, and uh, check out some of this amazing footage in the Curiosity Shop. Just click on that tab, Curiosity Shop. There's the invisibility video, and uh, the, the, the invisible footsteps are there as well. That's right. They are there as well. And, uh, you know, Richard, I love your show and I admire you and you are on the cutting edge as well, my friend. So thank you so much for inviting me to be on your program. All right, Joshua, stay well. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Absolutely. All right, Joshua P. Warren. My thanks to Carlos Kajina for technical production back next week with Jonathan Kahn, The Harbinger 2. Don't miss that one. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops, move over Aphrodite, I'm coming home, or at least up the stairs. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.